Greetings, welcome back to Sick Flick, a stream of consciousness podcast discussing everything under the sun regarding film and television. I'm your host, August Dunson. I'm so glad to be back. I'm so glad to have you back here with me. And today is going to be an interesting episode. Um, we might be a bit controversial, might make people mad, might ruffle some feathers. I think that's the correct way of saying it. Um, today we're going to be talking about recasting some iconic films. Um, we're going to talk about why I chose some of them, some of the major roles that I would recast some people in, and why I feel like the people I chose are, are truly a better fit, you know? Um, but first, we're going to get into our entertainment news, what's going on in the industry, yada, yada, yada section. Um, and to, because, because we can, we can't seem to escape it, we're going to talk about COVID. So all we're going to be talking about today is the whole debate on places requiring proof of vaccination. More importantly, regarding theaters, movie theaters. So the conversation has started to come into the film exhibition space on whether or not theaters and other exhibition institutions um, should require a proof of vaccination. It has mostly come from, well, the conversation has mostly started in the U.S. Um, and it came from the New York City mayor requiring a mandate to show proof of vaccinations when going to the theaters as a lot of um, indoor activities have opened up like theaters, restaurants, gyms and whatnot. So yeah, the NATO or National Association of Theater Owners, they represent most of the major like movie theaters or exhibition spaces. They have started talking about it and a lot of them say that they're actually in support or they're more open-minded to considering this mandate um, across the board just because as film production and film exhibitions have started to come back more in really the past year, um, you know, trying to get people in those seats is very important to get those numbers but also just trying to make sure that people are remaining as safe as possible. So they're thinking about um, putting that into place nationwide, but this would exclude still children under the age of 12. I think that's for most places that they just don't need a mask at least, um, or they don't require a mask. They're going to, again, exclude them from needing a proof of vaccination card. Um, and there's still talk about it. It hasn't been completely put into place, I guess you would call it. Um, so there's still talk on like people that have recently contracted COVID and aren't getting vaccinated or don't need to get vaccinated or somehow immune. I don't really know what that whole debate is about, but you know, there's still, it's still in the works because there are still um, things that they have to address and need to figure out first before they officially go and state this into law okay so that's all that we had to talk about um i really i really have no thoughts um on 
the topic just because I don't know like however however everything plays out I feel like it's honestly how it plays out I do my part at the very least um and just trying to be safe to some degree and yeah I don't know I think it's interesting just to see how um what that will look like going forward again like they have a bunch of other things they're considering it's not a hundred percent but you know it's kind of whatever they decide you either just go with it or not um in one of the articles that i read they said that you know they're obviously going to lose some sales they're going to lose some seats in asking people to provide that proof of vaccination um but i think i think for the film industry as a whole the whole just the whole um i guess like circle of business of production money making whatever that whole train that keeps keeps the film industry going um i think that they needed to figure out some way to get higher amounts of people in theaters anyways and i think by having that proof of vaccination will keep a lot of people um they'll feel safer being in theaters and maybe are more likely to go to theaters because they know at least like everybody I'm sitting in the room with is like vaccinated or whatever, or they'll just feel like they're doing their part in making sure that it doesn't spread. And um, I guess, again, just that push to get people vaccinated in general is a big thing. So if you start making people in order to do things some people are going to get vaccinated just because they're like oh i can't i i literally can't go anywhere without having a a proof of vaccination card um so maybe i'll get vaccinated so i can see why they're doing it from a business standpoint just again like i feel like theaters have been hit the hardest in the whole covid um aftermath and i feel like people are still less inclined to go to the movie theaters out of all of the other extracurricular activities one could do, not necessarily because of COVID, but I can understand how they still have a general fear of being in an enclosed space with people and then contracting COVID. So I feel like the film industry is really trying to find any way to get a lot of that money back um, because I feel like they were probably hit they're probably one of the industries that were hit the hardest from the aftermath of like COVID and stuff like that. Cause the whole film industry is very close physically. (laughs) Uh, It works on proximity a lot too, but yeah, that's all we have for the entertainment news segment. Moving right along. I have five films that I decided to discuss in recasting. Um, I'll give you a little, actually, no, I won't. Actually, no, I won't. I will not give you a sneak peek. You'll just have to listen to the entire episode. So yeah, five films. Um, I've tried to limit it down to its most essential cast members, just so that we're not getting like we're not recasting a literal entire film full of like 150 people. Um, so these are mostly the 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 bare bones of the cast that I chose. Um, and the first one we're gonna start off with. The Biggest Bang, 
We're going to be talking about The Godfather. <laughs> so, funny enough, I have not seen The Godfather, which I feel like makes this even more fun because I have no idea what I'm talking about, okay? I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I'm going to be talking anyways. So, yeah, and I'm going to make a couple of people mad because, again, I don't know. I'm just going off of, like, you know, I looked at some trailers. I read on some of the cast members. I looked at some people. But mostly this is off of, like, hee hee ha ha, intuition, you know? So I have six people that we're going to be recasting from The Godfather. I have Don, Vito, um, Michael Carleon, Kay Adams, Clemenza, Tom Hagen, and Sony Corleone. I don't know if they're the biggest people in this cast. I don't know what role they had to play. I feel like the main people that I know are big are Don and Michael, but everybody else, <laughs> you know, they're going to have five minutes of fame. They were just done by big actor. No clue. So going off strong for Don, I decided to go with Michael K. Williams. Um, our good sis from The Wire. I mostly know him from um, The Night Of. I love The Night Of. One of my favorite TV shows. Um, and yeah, I just felt like, well, first I had somebody else for that role. I had a couple of people for that role. But I decided to go with Michael K. Williams because I feel like he does a good job of being very, you know, strong and like menacing, you know? Um... And I feel like, I feel like he would, I feel like he, he has, you know, right now in his career, he has established a pretty good record of playing, um, like a good bad guy, a good, a good fearful character, you know? So I think in The Wire, in The Wire and in The Night Of, which is what I mostly remember him from. He played a drug dealer. In the night of, he was already in prison, which I feel like puts it in like a whole other space um, of, you know, he's just hardened. He plays that harder role. Um, and then in The Wire, he was obviously a drug dealer. And so I feel like, you know, drug dealer, mafia, they're not, they're not too disconnected. And so I feel like, I feel like he would really embody that role well so that's who um don vito is being played by michael i decided to go with oscar isaac again at first i had don played by some white man um and then i changed it to michael k williams so like racially will that make sense no but also you know, maybe. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know who Dawn's wife is. I don't know who Dawn's wife is. Dawn's wife could be any of these people at some point. I have no idea. But I feel like, you know, I feel like they would work well together. And Oscar Isaac, you know, like he's he's older, but he's still young. And I feel like he could definitely um work well as being Don's son because I'm pretty sure that's his son 
but I feel like they, I feel like their connection would work well. I feel like they could really embody the father son role well. And I feel like, um, if at any point Michael was kind of menacing, was kind of very masculine, strong, ooh, you know, scary guy, I feel like Oscar Isaac could step up to the plate as well. And Oscar Isaac is beautiful to look at. I think I said that in the last episode. Oscar Isaac is a beautiful man. If I can, if I can put him in every single role, I would. Um, so that might make me more inclined to watch The Godfather. If we're being honest. So yeah, Oscar Isaac as Michael. I think they would work well together. Um, Kay Adams, Elizabeth Moss. Kay Adams. Who was that? Who was that? I forget who Kay Adams was. Is Kay Adams the one that marries Michael? I'm not sure. I feel like somebody does. No clue. But I chose Elizabeth Moss. I now that I don't remember her, I don't know why I chose Elizabeth Moss. I feel like maybe she would work well in a mafia movie as well. I think that's why I chose her. Um, I don't know. She I don't know if she's ever played in anything like that. The Handmaid's Tale, she, I mean, she played a pretty confident woman from the bits and pieces I saw. Um, I think she, she, she was a bit daring. There's one other movie that I saw her in where she was like a writer. She was kind of crazy. She had issues, something. She was a lesbian something it was on hulu as well and i feel like maybe if she you know like i feel i feel like at the core this film really digs into that like um gangster fearful like i have something to lose mentality and i feel like she she's a good actress to play that Either because she has played that in the past, I don't really remember, or I just feel like she has it. She has it in her spirit. Um, either way, I feel like I feel like she would play a good Kay Adams off of off of absolutely nothing but my pure intuition and desire to see her on screen. You know. So moving on. I have Clemenza. I chose Jonah Hill. And it's funny because I don't know. Jonah Hill, like he plays, he's played in a lot of um funny roles. But I really I've again I've I see I see potential. Not that I don't think he's been serious in anything, because I think he has. Um but I feel like he could really I feel like he could really step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it would be interesting to see him because I feel like for um, Michael, Oscar, maybe even Elizabeth, even though she's quite new to the acting world. Um, and I guess you could say maybe Jonah Hill is actually one of the um, more experienced actors out of the, the four. I'm not quite sure, but I feel like, you know, Jonah Hill has been around for a very long time. He, he still is very, like, he still has a very, he's still very young. 
Um, and I feel like he has a very young demeanor. I'm pretty sure Clemenza is not young. I'm pretty sure he is very old, even in the movie. Um, but I feel like maybe having a fresher face to him, you know, would really add an interesting touch. It would really bring some, some well-needed pizzazz to, to the overall film, you know? It might not, it might not be as serious of a classic as the original is but i still feel like his addition would make for an interesting an interesting um viewing experience yeah so moving on don't hang it <laughs> and this one this one is more of the um you know just like fuck it why not I decided to go with Nicolas Cage. And he, like, listen, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. You might hear Nicolas Cage and you might say, what? This girl is, this girl is insane. This girl is bananas. Yes, but also, I think we underestimate Nicolas Cage. Here's what I have to say. I think we underestimate Nicolas Cage. I think he is like, um, what is his name? Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. In that they've both played a lot of ridiculous roles in ridiculous movies that nobody took seriously. And we, we, we fail to recognize them as true actors not just actors actors and here's the difference i feel like they are truly great actors but they have found themselves they have created a niche that a lot of the public just does not understand they truly do not get and in a way we have typecasted them as bad actors and they're just not. And so I feel like Nicolas Cage, he could do it. I truly do. I believe in Nicolas Cage. I support him. I feel like what he truly needs to prove us all wrong is a solid role that he could really fully invest himself in. You know, I feel like I feel like if he takes on this role and method acts like I want I want to see videos of Nicolas Cage method acting in the streets of New York. You know, I want to see him at the mall as Tom Hagen. That's what I want to see. And then I want to see him on screen and demolish everyone. That's, and I think he can do it. I think he truly can. I think he truly can. Not saying any of these other people are bad actors. Obviously not. But it's like, I feel like, like, I feel like putting him in this role would really, really showcase his talent. And I feel like the Godfather remake <laughs> is the best place for that. 
I stand behind my decision. That is actually my most confident decision. I have no idea who Tom Hagen is. I have no idea. But I believe in Nicolas Cage. So that's why I chose him. And then lastly for The Godfather, um, Sony Corleone. Sony Corleone. Christian Bale. I think they look alike. I think that's where I came from. I don't know. But on a side note, Christian Bale scares me. I've always wanted to say this. I'm afraid of that man. There are very few things in life I'm afraid of. He is one of them. And here's why. This has nothing to do with the movie. This has nothing to do with anything. Christian Bale scares me because I feel like there's nobody on earth that should have the amount of control over the fluctuation of their body as much as he does. Like, he's too powerful. He's too powerful. And I find that to be intimidating. So, I don't know. I think, again, he looked like the character. He looked like the actor that played him. And I was like, oh, okay, Christian Bale. But also, you know, again, Christian Bale, I feel like he can he can really embody those particular, that particular genre or those particular characters in that kind of genre. Like the gangster, the what? The gangster movies. Um, you know, a true Italian crime drama. I feel like Christian Bale could. I have no idea. I don't think he's Italian. I don't, th I mean, I don't know if anybody is Italian. So let's start there. But like him specifically, I have no idea but I know, again, he can make himself look like anything. He is who Scarlett Johansson wants to be, you know? She, like, she wants to be a tree. She wants to be an Asian woman. She wants to be a black man. Christian Bale could do that. He could do all of them. Should he? I don't know. I don't know if I, 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 I don't know if I, I ethically or morally can support that. But I think he has the power. And that, again, is why I am fearful of him. But also, I can't, you know, I can't not cast him in a film because I feel like he would fit the role too well. You know, that doesn't make sense. Am I afraid of him playing an amazing black man? Am I afraid he could play Denzel Washington in a biopic? Yes. If the time comes and he does an amazing job, can I necessarily be mad at him? Honestly and truly, I don't know. I don't know. I just know that his power is why I am afraid of him. Does that make sense? I don't know. But again, I feel like Christian Bale, obviously he could do it. Um, And maybe it would be interesting to see him method act as well. I don't know if he's a known method actor. But again, I feel like a, with the fact that he 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 just naturally goes into these roles and embodies the characters physically to a degree that I feel like nobody else has or can. Um, I feel like it's about time we see some video footage or hear some stories of him method acting. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody really cares about um what's his name? What's his name? He played the Joker in Suicide Squad. He was in Dallas Buyers Club. Jared Leto. I don't think anybody cares for Jared Leto. Period. 
Um, but especially in a way where we want to hear stories of him method acting, you know, and it's like he, it's, his method acting has gotten to the point where people are like, no, I think he is actually a menace to society. So it's like a lot of people don't really care for Jared Leto, but I feel like the Godfather, I feel like the Godfather is different from the Joker. <laughs> I feel like the Godfather is different from the Joker in which like, method acting you know like what is method acting for the godfather selling drugs obviously not killing people but you know it's different it's a different type of menace that like you know i think i think if we just got some video footage behind the scenes of um christian bale method acting and nicholas cage nicholas cage and more importantly christian bale as well i feel like that would be a good look so that's what I have for The Godfather. If you feel like you could see this movie as well, please let me know. Because I feel like the casting is actually very good. I really like my casting for The Godfather. Um, so yeah, moving on. The second one is Fight Club. You know, I feel like the film bros really need a remake of Fight Club. I feel like it's about time. You know, we've given them, what, 20 years? 20 some odd years. I feel like it's about time for a remake. Um, and I only have the three main people, very, very bare bones for Fight Club. But, I mean, you realize that Fight Club is, is really no more than, like, three people anyways. And in this case, it's really just irrelevant, whatever. So... To play Edward Norton's character, I have Ryan Gosling. And here's my thing. I feel like Edward Norton and Ryan Gosling are very similar in the fact that they're very good at playing comedic roles and they're also very good at playing very serious roles. Um, and in this case, they'll, they'll learn, not that they'll learn, they know how to do that witty, edgy switch, you know? And I think again, it'd be interesting to see um, Ryan Gosling in a role that is a bit more, a bit more gritty, a bit more bare bones, because Ryan Gosling is is a beautiful man in the in the way that in um, a place beyond the pines, he was tatted up, he was a criminal, but it like you looked at him and you're like, oh, that's still a beautiful man, you know, like his beauty cannot escape himself, in a sense where he he can't really fully invest in a role and be ugly and present an ugly character you know what i'm saying like he he can't he just he can't he's too beautiful to to really be ugly in any role that he's in i feel that and so i feel like it'd be interesting to also have a beautiful man play such a What's the word? Controversial, such a like black and white character, um, but also not like a character that that goes between like that switches between like good and bad constantly. Because I feel like that's what Edward Norton's character is in Fight Club. Um, but again, you know, I love Edward Norton. I think he's a great man. Definitely support him and his career, but I feel like Ryan Gosling would add a bit of a younger, maybe more 
you know, pleasing to look at lens to the role, even though I find Evernorn to be quite attractive, especially in his younger years. Um, so yeah, and then for Brad Pitt's character, also going into that, Matthew McConaughey, Brad Pitt, Matt, like these, this, this casting is not as just all over the place because I've actually seen the movie, um, but this casting, it's really actors that I, I feel like mirror each other. And I feel like Matthew McConaughey mirrors Brad Pitt in the same way, where they're both very attractive men. They can also get into those grittier roles, um, but they also have that charm. They have that charm on screen and off screen that will entice people. And I feel like, especially with Ryan Gosling, it'll, it'll, they'll work together to really spearhead that, that persona of being very charismatic and very enticing. And especially in the end, when you realize like they coexist, they're the same um i feel like i feel like ryan gosling and matthew mcconaughey you'll be like oh okay like it'll work to put those those um clues together so yeah and then lastly for marla singer the woman that is involved really in the movie the only woman i think is involved in the movie which makes sense um, I have Alison Brie. I love Alison Brie. I, I mean, I really like her because of Sleeping with Other People, one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite comfort films to watch. R.I.P. from being on Netflix platform, but we're not gonna go there. But I feel like she, she also, especially in Sleeping with Other People, she knows how to be enticing, but she knows how to be unhinged. And I feel like that is at the core of Marla Singer's character. Um, and yeah, like I just, I think she would, she would work well in being just unhinged, being a bit crazy, a bit, um, what's the word? Spontaneous. And I feel like she would work well off of Ryan Gosling and Matthew McConaughey as well. Like, I just feel like those are three, those could make, like, for me, it's less jokes. I feel like those three could honestly make a more, not a more, could make a somewhat equally iconic cast as Edward Norton, Brad Pitt, and Marla Singer. So yeah, um, that's what I have for Fight Club. Again, if you have any thoughts, if you can see it, that's the most important. You know, if you could really see my casting, if you could really see um, these new roles, I feel like I feel like that I'm onto something. So the third one is Wolf of Wall Street or The Wolf of Wall Street. I did see this movie a while ago. I saw it when it came out, I think. I saw it when it came out or a couple of years afterwards. Not the biggest fan, to be quite honest not the biggest fan of it um to me again it's very much like fight club very much like the godfather though i'll i'll give the godfather maybe some leeway in that maybe it is also a literal classic um but 
I see The Wolf of Wall Street more so than even Fight Club as really a film bros film, you know? And, you know, nothing against the film bros, you know, if it's like a movie, it's like a movie, but also sometimes the film bros be like in movies just because there's just a lot of men in the movie. <laughs> so... Yes, so for Leonardo DiCaprio's character, um, I chose Adam Sandler. Going back to The Godfather, in the same way that I feel like, you know, it'd be a good role for him with Nicolas Cage. But I feel like for Adam Sandler, again, we really saw his potential. Like, we re-saw his potential. Because I feel like a lot of people really saw his his potential or the fact that he's actually a good actor in... Um, What is it called? Punch Drunk Love? I think that's what it's called. Um, but I feel like, again, as a collective, we really was like, oh, Adam Sandler is actually a really good actor. He can really step up to these roles if he's given not only a good role, but a good script and a good movie. Um, but again, I, I, I genuinely do not discount him or Nicolas Cage as actors in just the fact that they be playing some wonky people in some wonkier movies. So I feel like Adam Sandler could really play Leonardo DiCaprio's character well um, because we saw that in Uncut Gems. Um, not saying that it's the exact same performance, but I think, again, that that businessman, I'm about my business, I'm also not that great of a person, um, kind of like gambler asshole wall street role i feel like adam sandler could definitely step up to the plate so that's really all that i went off of and i think again like i would love to see him now in more dramatic movies i feel like this would be a good merger because it still it still has some of that comedic element to it um while still playing up this more dramatic persona and I feel like Adam Sandler could do a really good job at playing that character. Then for Jonah Hill's character, I chose Andrew Garfield. Maybe this is, again, like maybe this is coming off of, I don't know, um, the social network. You know, I feel like he could do a great businessman too. Very young prodigy. I think that's what Jonah Hill played in that movie. Um, but again, he can flip the script. Flip the script. And also play that asshole Wall Street guy, which I feel like is at the core of all of these characters. And so I just feel like, you know, he'd be a good look. Very, very, you know, I feel like that's how Jonah Hill was in that movie. And um, I just feel like it would be it would be kind of a similar role to how he played in The Social Network. Also, I feel like maybe it is plot-wise, that whole idea of like, oh, reflecting back on what happened. Um, it was fun until it got serious and then started losing things. I don't really remember the Wall Street. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's all about looks. I feel like he could be a good fit. I feel like it would be a good, a good look and feel for that film as well. And I feel like he, like Adam Sandler, has the has played similar roles to this to where it's not too far off. Um, so yeah. Now going on to Margot Robbie's character. How do I pronounce your name? 
Selma Hayek? Hayek? Selma Hayek? I feel like that's it. I feel like that's it. But I would pick her. Because she's a beautiful woman. I don't remember what, like, I, like, you see the little clips of Margot Robbie's character and Leonardo DiCaprio's character in the film. And essentially Margot Robbie is just like, what, a pretty rich housewife that has a tumultuous relationship with her husband because he's not necessarily a good person. Um, and maybe it's again, it's that, it's that ability to tap into the more unhinged side. Um, I feel like Selma, not that she has experience with being unhinged, but I feel like she, she could bring that energy to the role the same way that Margot Robbie did. Um, and also like, let's break up all the white people. You know, let's get, let's get a little, a little bit of, a little bit of spice in there. Um, why not? I don't know. You know, let's diversify up the cast. So yeah, not much to say about her. I just feel like that'd be a good look. I feel like again, she could tap into familiar territory. Um, and she would have the pizzazz that that role might need. And then for Matthew McConaughey's character, probably in the same way that I picked Matthew McConaughey for Brad Pitt, I just feel like they both, they're actors that mimic each other a lot in the roles that they have played or the roles that they can play, the personas they embody. Um, so for Matthew McConaughey's character, I choose Brad Pitt. Just switch them out. And I feel like, again, Brad Pitt could play, because again, the main the main clips that you see of Matthew McConaughey's character is when he's with um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character. They're at that restaurant, and he, what? He gets a bunch of drinks. He buys. He does some coke, like in the middle of the restaurant, and like Leonardo DiCaprio's character is like, "Oh my gosh, this man is just he's just crazy. Like this man has the wealth, the power. He can do whatever he wants. Like he's at this restaurant acting a fool in a sense." And again, in the same way that I feel like all the other characters are similar to the original cast and come from a, a background where they could tap into that same energy and that same essence, I feel the same for Brad Pitt. I feel like they, like they are so close to being the same actors half the, half the time in the roles that they play that I feel like Brad Pitt could easily play Matthew McConaughey's character and do it well. Um, not overshadow him or, you know, play his role better than he did, but I think he could play his role and it still be a successful recasting, if that makes sense. It does. I know it does. So that's who I chose for Matthew McConaughey's character. And then lastly, for Kyle Chandler's character, I chose John Hamm. Again, I feel like, like, I feel like if when you're watching a movie you're like oh you know he reminds me of i feel like that's what this casting is a lot it's like oh my gosh like you know he his character reminds me of um 
this character that John Hamm played in whatever with the fuck. And so I feel like you would see him and be like, oh my gosh, like that makes sense. Like I could really see him in that role. In the same way where it's like, um, what? In Game Night, I think it's the same guy. In Game Night, which I also love, <laughs> I feel like I could easily see John Hamm in that character. I mean, you know, it's less of, maybe less of like a schmooze, but I feel like he, he works well in Wolf of Wall Street. And isn't that kind of in the same vein, like the same kind of industry, um, overall feel? <sighs> overall feel, same industry, same overall feel for um madman or i think they were like lawyers or something i don't know but like i mean they're all men in suits so i feel like at the end of the day john ham john ham could play a good man in a suit so that's why i chose him that's all i have for wolf of wall street moving on to the fourth out of the fourth movie out of the five movies so just this one and one more um we're bringing it, we're bringing it back a bit, but we're also, you know, hashtag feminism, hashtag women representation, mean girls. Yes, I know. The cast of mean girls is iconic. And this one was hard. I have a lot of people. I have two, four, six, eight people for this one. Because in trying to even get the bare bones, you really realize how iconic the entire cast is everybody on that screen is iconic in their own way so i really tried to dwindle it down to the bare essentials but just know that in trying not to include all 20 people that are iconic in this movie i could only do eight um so for the first one the biggest the most important katie heron I chose Emma Stone. And again, I chose Emma Stone because I feel like for that movie, for the comedic, um, what, early 2000s, like rom-com, Emma Stone could do a really good job because she did that in um, Easy A. And I feel like that's really where she would tap into for this role is just playing into that Easy A role, the very witty the very sarcastic um, role. And I feel like it might make, like it, it, it would make the, um, it, I feel like the only thing is it would make the film more of a comedy in the fact that she'll probably, it, it, I don't know how to describe it. Like it's more overt. I feel like Mean Girls is one of those classics because the comedy is more covert, is more undercover. It's the it's the one-liners that shouldn't be funny but are funny. You know, it's the one-liners that they just probably wrote in um, as something to say, but now everybody says it still. Um, so that would be my only thing. But I feel like, again, Emma Stone would do it a a fantastic job at playing Katie here. Now for Regina George, I, my mind, my mind, 
for Regina George for doing Megan Fox. Because Megan Fox is too beautiful to not be on screen. <laughs> like, uh, we're not going to get into why I'm mad at Hollywood for blacklisting Megan Fox. All I know is I'm glad that she is back in the public eye. And I wish we had seen more of her during, what, the early 2000s, the 2010s. Um, but I feel like Megan Fox as Regina George is damn near like as perfect as Rachel McAdams, you know, like, I feel like there's honestly no better pick. If Rachel McAdams could not do it, it should be Megan Fox. I just feel like she would like, she would do an amazing job as Regina George. She's beautiful. She has that ability to be charismatic, but also like bitchy, um, but also very like seductively manipulative, which is what I feel like Regina George is at her core. Um, and I just, I don't know, like it just works, you know, it just works. Megan Fox as Regina George, it just works. Um, Karen Smith, that is oh yeah it's the blonde girl um i did Saoirse Ronan Saoirse Ronan i think that's how you pronounce her name because i don't know like she is so versatile as an actor and she has played in comedic roles but i feel like this will really test her comedic abilities because i feel like she plays a lot of serious roles like she, you know you you can you can trust that she's going to play a serious dramatic role well you know you could blind cast her for anything and she she will do it well um but i think this would be one of the places where she has not like this is territory she has not really gotten into i feel like from her her past her past experiences her past roles and so I would love to see her in this and I would love to see her delve into that blonde, that dumb blonde stereotype and just really play it up to the, to the fullness that I think she really could. Um, and I would like to see, I would like to see that, that, um, how do you describe it? I would like to see that, um. Like, I'd like to see her wrestle with this role <laughs> and really see her take it on um, and just play into the comedy aspect because I feel like we just do not see her in it enough. So that's what I have for Gretchen Wieners, um, Odea Rush. She played, she played, what's her name? The only thing that comes to mind is Maddie, but I don't think that's her name. She played the popular girl in Ladybird that Ladybird befriends and you know is just rich and popular and whatever. Um now I wanna know her name. Does it start with a J? Jenna. Jenna, I think it is. I think it's Jenna. I'm pretty sure her name is Jenna. So yeah, she plays Jenna, I'm sure, in Ladybird. And I feel like she could do a good job of, again of Gretchen Williams because in Lady Bird, she's kind of, not that she's dumb, because as they say, <laughs> um, 
Who's it? She's a, she's a moron. She's like, she's an AP cow. He's like, she's a moron in a deeper sense. <laughs> um, so like, I think it's just that whole aloof vibe. Like, I feel like Gretchen, in the same way as Karen, they're both very aloof. Obviously, Karen is more aloof, which, you know, we'll give to Shursa to really delve into that side. Um, but I feel like in her role in Ladybird, Odea Rush could do a good job of playing Gretchen still as a very aloof character, but also could really get into that like cattiness um, and can really play into like, I think she would be good in a comedy. I don't know if she's done other comedic roles. I forget. I feel like she's quite of a newcomer. Um, not to say she's a complete fresh face, but I feel like I've not seen her in many roles outside of Ladybird. But I feel like she would be, she could, I think she could take on the challenge. I think she could take on the challenge of doing Gretchen Wieners. And I think she would be a good fit. So that's what I have for Gretchen Wieners. For Miss George, for Regina George's mom, um, I did Maya Rudolph. Again, racially, does that make sense? Not really. Not really. But it's not about it's not about race, you know? It's not about race politics. I think she would still play an amazing role. Um, and I feel like since I did not include Tina Fey's character or Tina Fey, and we're having to switch out, uh, I forgot her name, but the woman that plays, um, Regina George's mom. Since we're, we're switching out those two iconic characters, I feel like we have to include, we have to, we have to include, uh, iconic comedic female character, you know? And I feel like Maya Rudolph could, again, play into that, um, the role of Regina George's mom in the same way. And I just feel like, you know, she, she could, she could add some, again, some craziness to this film because I feel like while everybody else would be great in playing their comedic roles, she just, she would just take it to another level, you know? She would just take the comedy to heights that I feel like it, 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 it would, it would be good to take. Like it, her comedic style is again, it's a bit more overt. And so I feel like this overall movie is going to be a bit more overt in their comedic style. Um, but I feel like she, it was really what is necessary for the movie in order to take it there. So I'm confident in my decision. Um, for Janice Ian, Emmy, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Rosum, Rosum. She played. I forget her name, but she played in Shameless. One of the daughters, one of the older daughters, one of the main characters in Shameless. I don't know. I haven't seen them. I haven't seen that show either. But I've seen bits and pieces, and I know that she's in that. And that's probably one of her more iconic roles. I feel like again, I don't know. I feel like she has the potential to play Janice. Um, she might not be as gothic or as emo-ish as Janice is. 
Not that I think that's a huge part of her identity of a character. I feel like that's just another added touch to make her quite interesting. But I feel like she could really, she could just have that same sort of energy and chemistry between both Emma Stone and the rest of the characters when it comes to that overall dynamic that they have in the original film. And I think it would be interesting to see her see her again act in the crazy comedy because I feel like from what I've seen of Shameless, Shameless again is one of those TV shows that it's funny in that the fact that these characters are crazy and they do crazy shit all the time, you know, and it's one of those TV shows where you're just seeing them and you're like, what is like, what, what is going on? But it's like, they're not trying to be funny. You know, they're just funny in the fact that these characters do deranged things and it's so obscure and so crazy in like execution and in thought that it's like it's funny to watch you know like it's one of those it's one of those shock factors shock factor shows um that really bring people in because it's just like what literally what is going on you know and i feel like she could tap into that energy in the same way i forget the point i was making when i was saying that i don't know I just feel like she'd be a good fit. So yeah, and then going on with Damien, Ezra Miller. I don't know. I just see like mostly the connection between those two characters, between Janice and Damien. I feel like Ezra and Emmy would work well together. So, I don't know. Their energy, I just feel like their energy works well together. I could see it. I could see it. Um, and... I don't know, like Ezra, like again, from Perks being a wallflower, I feel like he could play that very, I don't want to say like flamboyant, but also kind of, because uh, I feel like that was a part of Damien's character, character, um, is the fact that he was a bit more flamboyant. He was a bit more... Yeah, I guess I would say that because I wouldn't say feminine. Um, I don't think he was very feminine, but I guess like a bit more flamboyant, a bit more out there, um, a bit more grandiose. And I feel like Ezra could step up to the plate in that same way and bring that same energy. I mean, like, again, I feel like for the most part, it's all fun and games and very much so was the godfather but the rest of these i i i truly genuinely could see them you know like i didn't just pick pick out of my ass or whatever the saying is <laughs> i have no idea if that's the right saying i don't even know where like i don't even know the origins of where that saying might come from but i didn't come from nowhere in picking these things out so yeah, and then lastly for Aaron Samuels, a bit a bit of a younger man, um, also drawing from the Ladybird cast. This is just a Ladybird reunion. I have Timothy Chalamet. Like, is he younger? Does he have different vibes, different energy than um, Aaron Samuels? Yes, but I guess again, like. Aaron, Aaron Samuels, like, he was able to play, again, the kind of serious comedic roles 
I'll say Timothy, not that, not that the guy that played Aaron Simmons was like, you know, a well-established actor. I don't know. I think maybe it just worked. Uh, for Timothy, I feel like he has a little bit more work to do to really tap into that exact same energy. But I think he's done a good job of playing more serious roles, more medium, like more, I guess you could say like Lady Bird. Like Lady Bird was, I guess, comedic, um, but also in the fact that it was, again, a more um, covert film, not as out there with their comedy. So I feel like a lot of the times the characters were playing, they were more serious, even in the fact that maybe some of the things they did was more funny. Does that make sense? Um, but also he's also played in very serious roles like um, Beautiful Boy. That was a very serious role. So I feel like he has the acting experience to to maybe do a good job in this role even though I don't know if I've necessarily seen him tap into that exact same energy and essence if that makes sense so those are the people I had for Mean Girls now moving on to our last film also to add some spice to a lot of this whiteness um we're doing do the right thing we're doing do the right thing <laughs> so I don't know. I just thought I thought that'd be interesting to also again like look at some look at some black people look at some black people that <laughs> I don't know why I I don't know why I went I don't know where I came from when I did that anyways so for Mookie we're going to do Donald Glover and again this all comes from seeing them in other roles that I feel like are similar to the roles and the actors that have played um, in this role and these roles particularly. I feel like Donald Glover, like I see that same, like for, for Mookie's character, he's obviously young. He's obviously like kinds of ambitious. But also I feel like a lot of his character is driven from burnout. Like he just seems like, you know? And so I feel like most of the interactions he's had, it's like, bro, like I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get my money. Like I'm just trying to do this and this and this. I'm just, I'm just here. Like, I, like I'm just trying to engage the least amount of possible. And I feel like Donald Glover gives that same energy, especially in Atlanta. Um, but I feel like he could also give that same dry energy to the character of Mookie. Um, and I just, I don't know. Like, I feel like, I feel like it works. I feel like it works. Like, it's, it's just like the whole, like, okay, like I'm here. I'm doing this job. I don't really want to be here, but I have things I need to do. I'm trying to do other things. Like, I'm trying to still have fun. And I feel like he also plays, like, a young enough character where it's like, you know what? Like, I'm trying to still do stuff, have fun, get my money, stack my bread. Um, but I'm not really here for all of the... All the back and forth. Um, it will be interesting to see him get angry. Because I don't know if he really got angry in like Atlanta um, or in any of the other roles that he's played in. So it's like, it'll be interesting to see like as the film progresses and it gets a bit more serious 
and you see more of the fluctuation in emotions come out um, to see if he's actually, you know, like if he'll actually be able to to step up to the plate emotionally and really bring that to the role. But I think it'll be interesting to see him in that nonetheless. And then for Sal's character, kind of, eh, kind of interesting. Um, I did Liam Neeson. I don't know. Like again, I think Liam Neeson. What? I think Liam Neeson has played in like one or two comedic roles. Um, I don't know if they were necessarily good roles, from what I remember. I don't know if they translated well. But Sal's character, for the most part, is not a funny guy. Anyways, you know, and it's like, I think for Liam Neeson, he's mostly been typecasted as that, I am a trained assassin. I have a certain set of skills and blah, 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 you know? But, and like, again, I think he could bring that like kind of menacing fatherly role to Sal's character. But I think also there's just like, there's, especially in the beginning, there's a overarching um, air of comedy, at the very least. There's an overarching comedic spirit, you know? Um, and so it's like, it's like, it might not be the most comedic film at first. But I feel like the energy is still there, you know, just lighthearted. Um, and I feel like Liam Neeson would be able to play into that, but also, again, just play into just the the angry um, pizza owner, Italian man <laughs> that Sal's character is. I have no idea if Liam Neeson is Italian. I have no idea. But I think it'd be interesting to see just to see him in um for pino pino i think that's him um the like older brother i chose tom hardy i again like i feel like he's very i mean i feel like tom hardy is a bit edgier than what john totoro toto toto something toto something I don't know how you pronounce his last name, but that guy, um, I feel like he's a bit edgier than him, but I feel like, again, he could still play that older brother asshole Pete character um, in the same way that John T did in that role. And again, like, I just think, you know, I don't know, like he could, he clashes, he could clash in the same way that, um, Donald Glover, no, he could clash with Donald Glover in the same way that Spike Lee clashed with Pino's actor, the character of Pino and Mookie, have you will, whatever. Um, and yeah, I just think that that would also be interesting to see. And then for Radio Raheem, I chose Trevante Rhodes, big guy, quiet muscular menacing also in the same way of like oscar isaac trevante rose is gorgeous trevante rose is beautiful trevante rose is fine so 
If I can see him on screen, I don't care what I don't care what role he playing. He could play Don Vito in The Godfather. Y'all gonna be mad at me if I say that, but he could play Don Vito in The Godfather, and I'd be like, you know what? Fine actor, fine man. Um, he could play fucking I don't know. He could play. He could play what? He could play Edward Norton's character, Brad Pitt's character. He would play Damien's character, and I would still enjoy the character he played because I want to see him on screen. You know, I want to see him on screen in any chance I get. So, um, I could see him as Radio Rahim though. It's going to be sad when he dies. But again, seeing him on screen will will make up for the sad ending. You know. And I just feel like, I feel like he's probably one of, I'm not going to say one of the only actors that could really play that role, but I feel like he's one of the first actors that would come to mind. Um, and I would like to see him get back into better roles. You know, but we're going to talk about that a different day. We're going to talk about Toronto Rhodes, um, Toronto Rhodes role selections later. But for Riddy Rahim, I feel like that's a that's a pretty good fit. It's a pretty good fit in it. I support. Um, okay, and then for Mister Senor Love Daddy, I chose Jamie Fox. Again, in the same way where I feel like Jamie Fox, not that he does, but that he can um, tap into the same energy as. Samuel L. Jackson. Because, I don't know, like, just that whole charismatic, smooth guy, radio talker, like, I feel like Jamie Foxx has played a lot of those roles. Like, I see, I see Dreamgirls. Um, that's the only thing that's coming to mind. I don't know why my mind is blanking so much, but it's just that whole, like, charismatic, smooth on your feet, you know? Um... I feel like Jamie Foxx could play into that. And also, again, it's just like the hyperbolic expression that Samuel Jackson does for that character, especially as a radio host. Um, And, you know, the radio host sound, like, I feel like, I feel like Jamie Foxx could work well in that role. And... He'll be one of the the older people in the cast, so maybe it, it it works in that same age dynamic as well. I don't know. And then lastly, for Vito, he's the younger son or the younger brother. I did. I think it's Killian Killian Murphy. Um, what is he in? Gossip Girl. That one guy with the face. You know. Um. I don't know. I think, again, his face, like, he's just one of those people where, not to be that guy, but his face, like, it gives bad person. Um, (laughs) And so it's like, a lot of the times on screen, he's not playing the nicest person. He's not playing the protagonist a lot of the times. He's playing one of those shadier characters that have something to lose. And so they you know, do some, some shady shit. I don't know. 
Or, you know, just one of those characters. Just, again, just he doesn't, he, I don't think he plays a good character a lot of times. He usually plays a character that has something to lose, is not the greatest person, um, is a menace in some way, shape, or form. And it will be interesting because I, like, Vito's character wasn't necessarily that bad. Was he a great person by any means? No. But he, he just, he didn't speak a lot. And the times that he spoke, it just wasn't, it wasn't so terrible. Um, so I feel like, I feel like maybe he could just do that. He could play it for the first time playing a neutral role. And maybe that's something different for him. <laughs> and maybe that will help people like myself see him and his face as less of a problematic feature when it comes to playing a good person on screen. Does that make sense? I don't know. Something about him, something about him just reads like sketchy. Um, again, not in who he is at all. His face just reads sketchy. And so I feel like anytime he's casted as like the villain or the antagonist or just not a great person, it works because his face gives. But I feel like maybe this will be a, a little bit of a different role than what he usually plays in the fact that Vito is not necessarily a bad person. He's kind of just a neutral character. Um, he's even kind of likable to some degree to the fact that he's kind of what friends with Mookie. It'll be interesting to see on screen. So that's all I have for Do the Right Thing. And that's all I have for the five films that we talked about today in general. Um, honestly, besides, again, The Godfather was a bit trolly. Besides The Godfather, I've, I'm very, like, genuinely confident in the choices I chose. I feel like a lot of these characters are in the same vein as the actors that... A lot of these actors that are, I'm recasting are in the same vein with the actors that play the original casting. Um, and... I feel like it would make for just a slightly different, maybe a fresher um, remake to the film. Again, The Godfather, all jokes because I literally, literally have not seen that movie. I have literally not seen that movie at all. Um, I have probably picked out one or two of the iconic scenes that everybody sees and I've been shown in one of my film classes at least at some point. But besides that, I have not seen The Godfather. Who knows when I will. Um, but I thought that that'd be an interesting one to talk about. Just because it's like, why not? You know, like, why not like just choose the most iconic film in the history of mankind and just fucking recast it for shits and giggles? You know? Sue me. Sue me. And I think my casting is actually very great. Um... You know, I think my casting, I think, I think, again, Nicolas Cage, I stand beside him. I think he would do a fantastic job in that movie. Um, if anybody else, I can count on Nicolas Cage. So that's all I have for this episode for our sick flick. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where that energy just came from. Like I completely blanked on like what this entire podcast is called. Um, but anyways, for our sick flick of the week, our sick flick of the week, we have dream girls. That might be interesting, but I'll say in relation to this movie or in relation to this episode, um, 
I think Dreamgirls is unrecastable, you know? That might be a strong statement to make against uh, The Godfather and maybe even Fight Club or Do the Right Thing or any of these movies. But I think unlike these movies, something Dreamgirls has that cannot be replaced really is its cast. And I cannot begin to think of anybody that would play any of those characters better or in any way, shape, or form close to as well as Dreamgirls in relationship to this episode. But I'll just say, you know, watch Dreamgirls. Rehearse, rehearse on the music, on the musical, because I don't know, I might be singing in the future. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that's our sick flick of the week. That is a podcast episode for the week. Um, closing out statements. If you want to keep in touch with the podcast on Instagram, it is at sickflick.pod. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe. Why not? Um, like, comment, share, what have you. Do all the things. If you're listening to it, subscribe in whatever way that you listen to it. I think you, I think you can subscribe to podcast i don't know i don't really know man um but you know keep in touch with the podcast and i think that's all that i have to say it's been a hell of a time um closing out in a british accent i think i might close out this episode in a british accent it's been a hell of a time discussing recasting these iconic films um can't wait for our next episode hopefully next week and i will see you later see you later peace out girl scout